We're recording now, Ben. Great. Thank you. What do you have to say now that we're recording? Well, let's see what he has to say. I really don't (laughs) have much to say about this movie. (laughs) Ben, let's see. (laughs) Well, you don't got much to say. Let's see. No, we don't have to talk about the movie. No, we're just beginning. Commence banter. What did you do today, Ben? How meta. I have work. Very meta. Uh, Ben, how's your week been? It's Thursday. It's been the worst week. Of your entire life? Yes. You know what? Good. Quantifiably? Well, Ben, I've got your letterbox log, uh, your letterbox list here of your 10 worst weeks ever. Oh, wow. uh, Are you ready to go through them? Let's go one by one. (laughs) This one ranks Wow. IMDb is going hard on Aladdin. They're going whole hog on Aladdin. Tonight. (laughs) The whole hog. You know what? I'm just going to segue right in. Tonight, we're going hog wild. Wow. With Joanna Hogg. Wow. Wait, what? I've been watching Wild Hogs on repeat all weekend. Got my... I've been waiting to make that joke. I just thought of it. Wow. I've got my Tim Allen clips <laughs> in this handy nandy notebook right here. Mm. I got some... Mm. Tim the Tool Man. I've been boning up on my hog fun facts mm. about motorcycles, uh, also known as that hogs. That reminds me, I saw a tweet that... More people watched the Home Improvement finale than watched get the Game of Thrones finale. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> people used to watch more of the same TV. How did Tim the, the Tool? Yes, how did Tim the Tool Man's Taylor tale end? Excuse me. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember, but I think we did see the neighbor's die? face, don't we? Wilson. <laughs> oh yeah, we I, see. We do see Wilson's we see face. Wilson's oh. face. I was in probably fifth grade, and I was like, "Mom, what's that?" She said. Tim Wilson. It's that's Wilson's that's, face. That's <laughs> Turn, turns to son. That's Wilson. <laughs> I will. Ed, the Home Improvement finale was infamous because it was the episode where Tim Allen smashed his head into a mirror and looked maniacal <laughs> on the other side, blood dripping down his forehead. Mm. He's like, "I'll get to that in a second. Wow. God, network TV finales. That's Home where it was at. Yes. Yeah. How did Friends end? Rachel and I came back. Fucking. I came back. They get back together. Seinfeld, iconic, jail. I, so I like the Seinfeld finale. Oh, it's amazing. I'm neutral on it. It's, I, I guess I don't love it, but I have nothing against the parade of folks coming back. I just, I, I like that it finally snapped into focus to remind you that you've been... They're all terrible. You've been loving these four misanthropes okay. for nine years, mm-hmm. exhibiting the worst of human behavior. They don't give a shit about anybody else. That's right. It's very dark, cynical, layered. It's cute. Complicated. I doubt that cute. would have been the Larry David ending of the series. I thought Larry David came back. Oh, at did the he? End. I didn't. Know I believe that. Larry David came back at the end. Well, of someone can fact check me. You can give me four Pinocchios. The first, uh, the first script I wrote mm. in film school ended with the characters going to jail, mm. and it was an exact See rip. It was a to- it was a complete rip off of the end of Seinfeld, where it ends with them just like bullshitting in prison. How great! Yeah. It ends Hell with yeah. the first conversation of the series. It does. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. How I great. That. I love full circle moments. So this has been TV IMO. Oh. TV finales IMO. Well, according to our biography on the Apple Podcasts application, we talk about movies and the best in movies and TV mm. every single week. That's wow. Ben. Ben wrote that. So did, Great. Did I? Yes. Okay. So did you guys want to talk about Bleafag since we're here? Who? The TV Fleabag. Ah. Bag. Well, we don't want to spoil it for you. I've only seen the first two episodes. I'm not ready to talk about Fleabag okay. season two. It's the best thing I've seen all year and ever will Fleabag, see. Fleabag part two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part two of two. What yes. it reveals about human Fleabag. connection. Mm-hmm. 
is the most moving thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's very good. Very good. And what's his name? Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott is, is a Moriarty? revelation. Yeah. Of yeah. hotness. Of hotness and empathy. Made wow. me want to take his cloth wow. off. Mm. Mm. I wanted to be his communion wafer. Oh, Put break. on his tongue. Oh, I was going to say broken in half. Well, I mean, break me in half. <laughs> Turn me into wine. He's so... Watch the program. It's available on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Watch season one and season two. It will take you a total of six hours. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. That's one long afternoon. Great. Enjoy. This has been... TV IMO. This has been fully bag IMO. <laughs> We're now moving on to movie IMO. Mm. Singular. <laughs> one movie. Just, one. Just the one. Who has time? Nobody. In Literally now. none in of us. In this economy, the news is just ringing us ragged, running uh, out of time, just keeping up with this circus show. Only time for one movie. Only movie one. IMO. I'm not watching the news lately. It's great. I've never been happier. I can't do it. I mean, I've never, I don't watch the news ever. I, mm. I read the news. I l- See, that sounds very obnoxious. I, but I just don't have cable, so I can't watch the news. I have to read the news. I listen to the news, and then I want to kill myself. And on I turn National on my... Public Radio? Yes. Wow. We can Venmo them $10 for the quality reporting they do. Wow. Monthly. We can... <laughs> they can Venmo us back 20 Well, come tax time. Yeah, for sure. We'll write it off. Great. Nice. Hell yeah. I love taxes. Well, Brandon, what the hell is going on with you? How the hell are you? Oh my god, we're wearing matching sweaters. Are we? Kinda. I'm sort of. Yeah. We're wearing gray sweaters. You know, I white, bought a thick, heavy knit sweater uh, from H&M the other day. Very Daniel Crook energy. Did it shrink mm. in the wash? I haven't put it, I haven't taken it out of the bag I bought it in. You bought it in a bag? <laughs> no, but the, the, I didn't take it out of the bag that it was placed in when I purchased it. Well, I'd like to see it. I can't believe it. You're going to see it when like you come over and it. rehang my bike rack. That is happening. That is the thing that is happening. I haven't bought the Did tools. You buy, so you didn't buy the tools? Did you buy the, the wall mounts like I asked you I haven't you bought to? literally anything. So, Brandon, I can't hang this bike without a wall mount. I'm going to go to True Value Hardware. Mm, I and, love True Value. And I'll bring gonna, my stud finder and we can put on Fleabag Season 2 and see if it beeps when we rub it across the TV. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. What, what else was I going to say to you about your... Um, Life? Oh, I'm very busy. Meteorology IMO, and then I want to get back to your life. It's May, and we're comparing sweaters, Brandon. It's What's up with chilly. the weather? In this climate change economy? It is cold. It is wet. It is cloudy. I enjoy it. I love it. Oh, I love it. And this is my favorite time of the year, but generally I say that in March when it's like this. Usually it's 80 by May. It's getting kind of... Yeah, but then there's June gloom, so... Well, but I don't... I was thinking about this just this week, so I was like, yes, that's a phrase, June gloom. This is the thing that happens. It, but June gloom implies a dip to gloom. Yes. It has been gloomy non But maybe it's just earlier. But I think that it's a sustained gloom is the thing. It's been going on for weeks with a few It was, a, few it was a very wet days, year. Which is great for drought-stricken California. Until the fires. Well, no, this is good for the fires. No, because then there will be mudslides. Correct, but the fires will spread. I mean, it's kind of a lose-lose situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, California's a lose-lose area. Yes, we really <laughs> we need to just get, we need to get the hell out of here. We should just break off into the ocean and end it all. Yeah. How the hell are you, Brandon? I agree. I'm. Yeah. God, school. Yeah. Guys, don't go to grad school. 
I'm not going to. Thank good. you. But Brandon, you've looked so good in that cap that you've been wearing, the graduation cap that you put on the day you went back to school that you haven't taken off. Uh, anytime we've I, seen I walk into class wearing the graduation cap really and robe. It looks really good on you. That's fashion. And it's funny, like, when everyone tries to, like, grab That's your, fashion. When everybody tries to grab your tassel and put it on the other side, you're like, not yet! I'm not done yet! I'm not wow. worthy! Oh, God. Just kill me. Anyway. Soon. So soon. Why are we here today? Well, is that a rhetorical question? Because you're in charge. Today, you're the... we are talking about, we're going hog wild. <laughs> Give me a we're slug getting, of that hog. We're getting a slug of that hog, and we're slug of the hog, and we're sliding into hog country. City. <laughs> palace. Boss hog. Hog palace. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> We're hog heaven. We're Obviously, we're going to hog heaven. We're cow palace in San Francisco, or that's where AIDS life cycle kicks off. Oh, I love cow palace. No, it's a it's an arena. It's oh, the cow palace. I thought it was a factory farm. Calm down. It is like historically where you brought the cows to sell. Got it. Hundred years ago. Got it. We are. It's like the farmers market at the Grove. Got it. Have you got so someone someone retweeted this into my TL today? I'm so thankful for it. Speaking of the Grove, have y'all seen this account that is the not to get too regional, but the Americana brand? It's so good. Which which is like the the outdoor mall in Glendale where there's a big fountain in the middle and a cheesecake factory and a gigantic golden statue of Artemis. One of the the things was like the Grove is what the America or. The Americana is what the Grove like wants to be, but fails or exactly. something. Yeah, not to get too regional. That I that you just reminded me. I wanted to. I have a topic to bring up. Okay, great. Do you guys know about the Thursday What a Concept Twitter? Yes. Yes. Uh, I didn't know about it. It's so good. Every Thursday, every Thursday, I, it tweets <laughs> the same screenshot of Thursday What a Concept from Russian Doll. Great. Every it's Thursday. Thursday. Brilliant. What a concept. That's how I learned about it. I just opened. Thursday I today. just opened Twitter, and the first tweet to come up was the Americana brand memes with a picture of the th- the Friends theme song with all the friends <laughs> dancing in the fountain, saying, "Hmm, I've seen a better fountain." Six exclamation points. <laughs> who has made this account? I was texting with my friend Emily about it today, who listens to the program. She was like, "I honestly wish it was me." Big mm. same. It's really. It's uh, very good. <laughs> Well, anyway, guys, we oh are... Oh, my God, this one's good. Uh, <laughs> We're just going to be reading tweets. It's, it's, it's a meme. It's a, it's, a, it's a gif. When my friends and I arrive at the Americana, and it's the gif of Han Solo and Chewie in The Force Awakens saying, Chewie, we're home. <laughs> the Americana? Uh, I would honestly fucking live there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's a picture of the golden... I know this isn't funny. It's a visual medium, but I think it's funny. It's a big, oh my god. Okay, it's a picture of the golden statue in the middle of the fountains with the sun hitting it just right and all of the fountains going off. <laughs> that feel when you <laughs> That feel when you had 889 followers. <laughs> if you live at 889 Americana way. <laughs> Wait, scroll to the next one. That's the one that got me good. So it's E.T. on the floor, literally dead. It's Corpse E.T. And the caption is, when I haven't been to the Americana in two days. I'm crying. I think I've only been to the Americana once in my whole life. Same! I go to the Americana all the time. I take my mom to the Americana when she's in 
Who made this account? Brandon, I bought a nice knit sweater from H&M once upon a time at the Americana. Wow. We probably own the same knit sweater at this point because you own 800 and I just oh. bought one. I haven't purchased... That sounded judgmental. I haven't purchased an H&M <laughs> knit sweater. They're all good. I haven't purchased it. First of all, what I'm wearing now is uh, Forever 21. Uh, Don't they only female? N- incorrect. They have some very cute menswear. Although I only at the Americana location. The Americana at brand. Wow. But I have not been shopping for new sweaters in a couple of years. So I promise wow. that whatever handsome knits you picked out the other day are. In, I mean, I don't. I'm not even up to this year's styles. You know, a knit's a knit. Well, that's and true. a hog's a hog. I don't mean. Nope. To, I don't mean to nitpick, but uh, I think there's a slight difference. So uh, it's a slightly different weave, uh, for instance. We're not here to talk about knitting. We're different here to fabrics, talk about uh, hogging. <laughs> let's hog together. Let's <laughs> let's let's rub up those hogs, boys. Is everyone on their Harley? Oh Brandon, I can't see a damn thing. You're kicking up all this dust in my face. I'm just in such a strange <laughs> mood this week. Uh, Ben's ready to exit the room and close his door. Oh, <laughs> last night when I got home, I just fe- I was I fell asleep from seven to nine, yeah. and then I watched Carl Theodore Dreyer's or Dead. I just let me throw on a light movie about Jesus real quick. Rolling around in the damn mud over there. Uh, mm. And it changed me. Oh my god! Did I drank a whole bottle of wine and I was weeping by the end. Did it make Good. you squeal like a hog? It did. I Good. I literally like gagged at the end. Brandon's <laughs> eyes are as big as I was literally hog gagged. <laughs> did you barf? Did you need a bowl? The Criterion what? Channel can Venmo <laughs> us twenty dollars. A bowl? Oh no! I mean the I, Criterion I Channel gagged. can Venmo us eight. Trillion dollars oh. because we are talking about three programs that are on their program. Wow, we're um, you're correct. Yes, I'm not going to nitpick. Uh, I'll nitpick the sweaters. <laughs> no, we are talking about three. I'm talking about four. Not that are on Criterion. On Channel. Criterion Channel. Got it. So the souvenir one day will be on there probably. I I, I think one this, assumes. Well, I don't know. They're a big ha- fan of the hog. Has have any A24 movies gone to Criterion? They don't have that oh. deal mm. like IFC does. No. So I, because the souvenir high sou- life will be the first. Well, I think the souvenir or high life are pretty expert contenders for like getting mm-hmm. the recent Criterion edition. Mm-hmm. Oh, is under like, the skin I, on Criterion? Is what under the skin on Criterion mm-hmm. or no. no? No, really. There's nothing on a. Really? I don't believe anything on a twenty four is on Criterion. That's very interesting. Right. But I mean, like, IFC has that deal with Criterion. Bling ring on Criterion when. <laughs> Let us have it. We're gonna have to break Thank into you. their headquarters. Isn't and, uh, Sophia getting her very first Criterion? She has the a version. She, she, has, she has that already. Oh, version two side is already on, already on there. But yeah, Brandon, we'll have to break into Criterion headquarters and instead of stealing from them, put our copies of the Bling mm. Ring on Criterion into their wardrobe. I actually don't own the DVD. I only own the 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 article, the like the book mm-hmm. that the movie. By Marianne Sales, Joanne Sales, mm-hmm. Joanne Fabrics. Joanna Hogg. What's her name? I don't know what you're talking about. The art, the art, the author of the book. I didn't know it was a book. I thought it was a Variety article. Or well, a I think Fair it's article. a I think it's a Vanity Fair article that was then they, adapted into a book by the same 
person. Yes. Joanne Sales. Joanne Fabrics. So it's like a regular Charles Dickens novel. Exactly. Yes, yeah, it's an accumulation of magazine pieces. Oh. Lynn kind of looks like a little hog jumping over there. Oh, Linda. Anyway, we are discussing. We are here to discuss Joanna Hogg's latest motion <laughs> I you were picture. Doing a bit where we're calling her Joanna Hogg's. Joanna Hogg's latest picture. What's the name of the show, Brandon? Oh fuck. Hogg's IMO. Mm. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hi everyone. This is Movies IMO. If you're listening for the first time, this is about it. <laughs> welcome. You're in for it. Pull up a seat. <laughs> Pull up a seat. Drag up bitch. a damn chair. Um, this is Movies Come. IMO. This is a program where three faggots talk about movies. Roll around in the mud like a couple hogs. We roll around the mud like a couple Aladdin. <laughs> Daniel's got the IMDb pulled up. I think this is smart advertising for Aladdin on the IMDb page for The Souvenir. Uh, well, Aladdin's a big tent movie. Everyone wants to see I'll tell you it. What, the, su- the Souvenir rubbed the sides of my body like a lamp, and my spirit shot straight out. Mm. Aladdin is the first one that really has crushed my soul. Like, mm-hmm. the the Go, review, the reviews in are... commercial? In terms of, like, this Capitalism. exists solely... To make money, it has no art- artistic merit. It is a mimic. It is a uh, Metacritic in its like recap thing was like it's cinematic karaoke. Nice. Oh, that's well said. That see that that's sort of how I felt. It's since, disgusting. That's how I felt. It's deplorable. The, I agree that it's deplorable. It makes me sick to my damn stomach. And we were talking about this after we were when we were off mic yesterday or last week when we were talking. Uh, Last time we recorded an episode, once we finished the episode, we had a quick chat. I posed the question, if Aladdin is a critical and box office failure akin to Solo, a Star Wars story, which is only a box office failure in context, right? Because Solo made $100 million. It made half a billion. It made half a billion dollars, and it's a flop. And it was like, not enough. Yeah, it's a flop. And that was enough for Disney to discontinue the Star Wars spinoff. 392, I'm sorry. Only Only 392 million. million. God, not enough. But if Aladdin meets a similar fate, will that have any ripple effect in the Disney slate? And I think we all think the answer is no No. fucking way. Yeah. Because it is Because nostalgia is strong enough. Right. I have one good thing to say about Aladdin. Yes. The original? No. Will Smith? The remake. No. His blue Um, abdomen? A friend of mine who is Middle Eastern said he is very happy to see a movie where extras that are Middle Eastern are not terrorists. Yes. You and know, I, that's we, very good. We, in a very we were, big movie. We were watching a clip. That's we were watching the nice. Prince Ali clip uh, in my office. And of course, it looks like um, red hot garbage outside Party City. Mm-hmm. But um, it is really refreshing to see a cast that is not, uh, you know, voiced by white people performing as the cast of Aladdin. Like act- actually folks whose uh, skin color matches mm-hmm. uh, the, the characters. That is very true. Or the, re- the region that it takes place in. I'm also excited that uh, Nassim Pedrad is in this film. Oh, is she? Yes. Who does she play? She plays Dalia. Who's that? Okay. You know, my favorite character from the no. original Aladdin. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Great. Have I ever told you guys about how Aladdin is formative in my uh, faggotry? No. Because you watched him steal bread and she was like, he's a tasty treat. Still, and you were like, I think he's <laughs> rather tasty. She's in this version playing that role. It's the uh, same woman? Uh-huh. Okay, but see, but it got me. That's the nostalgia trap. Because like that is actually- That makes me want to see it. Know. But think about what the value of that actually is in terms yeah. of m- making that mean- 
it's a good movie or mm-hmm. like this movie has some creative like integrity behind it. Mm-hmm. It's only so you can trade that little fun fact yeah. so that I'll be like, oh shit, well mm-hmm. I have to see it. Yeah. Now I want to see it. It's bleak. Well, I was always going to see it because I'm such a big fan of Guy Ritchie, you know? <laughs> you do. You love, love Sherlock Holmes. I you do. love King Arthur. You mm-hmm. won't shut up all about of them. it. All of, all of the titles. I mean, we've never <laughs> talked about this, but we're sitting around Ben's kitchen table, which is a replica of the round table from, lock, from Guy Ritchie's. smoking barrel. Well, a literal gun. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, we're sitting. Is that Guy Ritchie? Did I get that right? That's correct. Great. It is. Okay. Yeah. But didn't he do Swept Away, the remake of Swept Away? By Lena? Uh, starring Madonna, his wife at the time? I, I don't think know. so. I think so. I don't know. What a film. I never saw that I either. can't believe he made a movie called Snatch. That's right. I don't know if I've ever seen a Guy Ritchie movie. I saw Snatch. <laughs> he did do Swept with Away. Lots, with lots and lots and lots of love to my dad and br- my gay brother and my uh, heterosexual father. They loved Snatch when I was a kid and they like had the DVD and on Friday nights they would watch Snatch together. And when I, when I, I'm like 18 months younger than my older brother, but once I came of age, mm-hmm. they were like, do you want to watch Snatch? And I'm like, yes, y'all are like building it up like it's the best movie ever. Because we watched like Raiders of the Lost Ark when I was a kid. We watched Star Wars, like all masterpieces, right? And then I sat down to watch Snatch. I'm like, this is awful. They it's just a bunch of it's cocky very, boys barking at each other. With it's very like, has the window dressing of like a Pulp Fiction. Exactly. And uh, true romance, like all of those. Yeah, but but it's it's, like, and it's like six or seven years after those movies. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Mm, Pulp Fiction. I think anybody want to wade into the Tarantino discourse? <laughs> That's a joke. All right. Oh, oh. Let's no, get this starting. shit straight. <laughs> Everyone, shut up. None of you have interesting opinions on Quentin Tarantino. I'm not I'm not wading into this. Even Except Chaos and Collins had some good takes. No, okay, I, was I say, retweeted his take, and that's the only take that needs to be said. The only thing I'm going to say about this is that Cam said it best, and you can read his tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Read his tweets. Yep. He, read Cam's tweets. His take on Tarantino is the take. There is no also, one else's is the take. Uh, another critic who I hate that I can't think of her name, uh, who was at Cannes, uh, had another good take, which was um, maybe you should see the movie before mm-hmm. you uh, tweet also out that. all these thoughts. See the movie. <laughs> Literally the movie. What, Thursday. What, what a concept. concept. See the movie. Mm. What, what a concept. concept. Wow. Oh, my God. I mean... It's like it's okay. I'll say this. It's not like Tarantino is above reproach. No, like there's not. There's absolutely nothing wrong with interrogating a filmmaker's motives and ethos in storytelling and building character. And if that, if you want to talk about it from a gender dynamic, mm-hmm. that's a great. It's a great entry point. But it's more just the these these grand proclamations mm-hmm. from people that I'm sure, if you were to go on Letterboxd, have given almost nearly all of his movies four to five stars. Yeah. It's like it's it's. I'm just annoyed that because of this discourse, we don't have the new Beverly calendar yet. You don't think that's I, truly why? No, I don't. Oh, okay. That was a joke. <laughs> but still. Here's some good news. Because we moved our podcast recording next week, mm-hmm. I can go to Eve's Bayou and Daughters of the Dust at the new Beverly. Okay. Hell yeah. How great. I've really been enjoying this month of the new Beverly. All female filmmakers. Mm. So you have Although, you have summer school. Yeah. It's very. That just like hit me. That, like, the spring semester must have ended by now. So my summer semester just started, and it's very truncated. Mm -hmm. So it's like a full semester sliced in half. Uh It's the same amount of content in half the amount of time. Like, my one class ends June 3rd, which is, like, 
a week from tomorrow. now, and yeah. I have like five assignments. It's like tomorrow so, when this drops. So, and then That's yeah, true. And then you have another course after June third. And I've I so I've been taking two courses simultaneously right now, but one ends June third. That's sort of the souvenir part one. Yeah, mm. and then the souvenir part two lasts through the end of June. Yeah. But anyway, what I want to say is, I do want the. Tarantino saying, oh, "I don't reject. I reject your hypothesis to become a meme." <laughs> I guess I have complicated <laughs> feelings about. I it. reject your hypothesis. Like I think, I think that you need al- to anyone. I think that you're allowed to say that, mm. like, just as a creative in general, not not like shut down the idea of being questioned. Yeah, but you don't have to answer a question on turn. Like, yes. that is your prerogative as a creative to set a discussion like that. It doesn't mean that you should not be held to account and that you shouldn't be interrogated. Mm-hmm. But like, some I saw someone tweet out, um, uh, which I thought was funny, which was like, you should see how many times Susan Sontag oh. said that in pre- mm-hmm. like in press conferences. And it's so funny because it's the same people like three weeks ago who had never considered what camp meant before who mm-hmm. were like, in Susan Sontag's seminal essay, notes uh, on camp. Like, it's... Mm. It, I just crave consistency in the discourse. This, That's I all that. I this, fucking crave. This brilliant shot should be taught in every film. Uh, study. Ben, the, I teach this in my camp class. I teach it in <laughs> my funny. camp class. But I do think that Margot Robbie uh, demonstrated how Tarantino very easily could have handled the question. Yeah. It's yes. Like, they're, they're, like, yes. It's it's one thing. Like he's a prickly old white man. Yes. Exactly. He's, and it's I don't I think it's it's not as if we're giving him a pass for that, mm-hmm. but like are you one one are you surprised? Yeah. And it's Tarantino. That's really where I'm coming from is why are we He just like, wants to go home and lick toes. Oh. Well, Let him be. Ma- Matter fellow film bag Matter Spammer's uh classic tweets um, cuz that's what we're doing now talking about tweets about <laughs> about the uh, the film Twitter discourse schedule leaking and uh, Was this on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like Tar- Tarantino's <laughs> Tarantino's made an outlandish opinion. Electric chair? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's exactly what happened. He got literally. the date wrong, though. Uh, he, he, right. he, right. he thought it would be later, I'm mm, sure. Yeah. But not yet. It's now. It's now. Can is now. My, my Soon to be Grand Prix winner, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, oh, well, it's, what's, it's winning a prize. Uh, what's going to win so. the palm, do you think? Okay. Bong, bong. Let's do it. Why don't we do it? Because this drops the day after. I so. think Parasite takes it. I do not. I don't either because the best really? reviewed the best reviewed movie at Cannes never wins a prize. Mm-hmm. I think Parasite is going to win best screenplay. I think Pedro Almodovar is one thousand percent winning the Palme d'Or. Interesting. I, I think that. Do you? Okay. I think that Siama's winning best director. Yeah. Oh, I think she will be. Uh, she can win. She can win the Grand Prix. That's true. And I believe director. she and Tarantino get the other the uh, the number two and number three. I forget which is which. Grand Prix and then Best Actor is going to Xavier Dolan. <laughs> Yikes. See, I don't I do wonder if Antonio Banderas wins will best win actor. actor and then they don't win the palm. No, no, no. One of no, the no, other no. Two. You can win you can win an acting prize and the palm, I believe. You just can't They they usually it's precedent. It's like it's they don't like to give the well, palm they don't a wanna, second award. They don't want to Barton Fink it. Yeah. Barton Fink won director, actor, and the palm. Yeah, they don't they don't like to do that anymore. They <laughs> like to give it second prize i know but but the jury changes every year yeah. obviously they're not not saying anything interesting here groundbreaking but you can win the palm and an acting prize you i can. believe you just can't win like director and yeah. screenplay um and i think i i will say that if if pain and glory does not win the palm i think antonio banderas is walking away with best actor of course their acting prizes in the past couple of years have been fairly unpredictable huh. remember so we'll see. remember rodin <laughs> 
No, Oops. I don't. I believe uh, the the film Rodin. What if one best actor? If you what if film? Isabel wins for best Frankie? Frankie? For Frankie, that hell would be yeah, that would be really funny. funny. What are the What are the reviews on Frankie? I think they're fine. Yeah. Uh, well, wait. I was wrong. Rodan did not win. Uh, it's funny that we're <laughs> we're like we're win. discussing this, but they they Remember? we will have the awards by the time this drops. So I just want to make one Whatever. thing. I want to make one thing clear because we literally segue <coughs> from saying watch the movie before you talk about it to this. Are. Whenever you are like you can. What's fun? Awards about, have nothing no, to do with the of movie. course. Of course, I just want to make that clear. <laughs> right, and we're just prognosticating. Can is fun to handicap from afar because you will never get any of it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what's fun about there's, it. Fun. 12 or whatever idiosyncratic people. Right. And it's also, we're talking about like 16 movies, or we're talking about like four movies within 16. Mm -hmm. You know? Hello. Anyway. This. Did we all introduce ourselves? No. No. We literally haven't introduced this. This is honestly fine because, as I I don't have a lot to say about this film. 30 minutes in, this is Movies IMO. We are a film podcast. Where gays <laughs> talk about movies. We are the three Linda. gays. I am. There's a cat involved. Last night, Linda was trying to get out the screen. I was like, bitch. Wh- She's done with you. She saw something. She was going after it. Sweet. She was going. She found there was a hog. She was going after <laughs> There was a hog outside. There, there was, was a Joanna hog. Huh? She was going for it. I'm hey. Brandon Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. I am a hog. Great. What's your <laughs> real name? Daniel Crook. Great. All right. So we're here to discuss Joanna Hogg's latest and Fourth motion picture, mm-hmm. The Souvenir. I thought you were just counting off. I thought you were going to go one, two, three, greatest. One, <laughs> two, three, let's go. Um, <laughs> What? Fosse Verdon. That's what I was, I was about to say. That. About to say FX that. is Fosse Verdon, future academy, no. Emmy, Emmy winning, five-time Emmy winner. Yeah. Um, I hope Michelle wins. Mm. I think she will. So. Wait a minute. I hope Amy wins. She Amy, won't. it's not. It's over. It's it not was too over. long ago. No, it is over. While, Michelle while versus it's Patty. over. Dot JPEG. Patty's in. Patty's taken it. Dana Mora. Dana Mora. Oh, no, this how is not, this is, is not the. How is Dana Mora still in contention? That TV show came out three years ago. Yeah. It came. It came out. Uh, or Sharp Objects came out longer ago than Escape of Dana Mora. Mm-hmm. I saw a Every Sharp time, Objects FYC billboard, and I was like, "Huh." I know. Every time everyone says Patty is in Best Actress, I'm like. She's in supporting Patty Clarkson. But you know who else is in supporting is Patty Arquette for the act. Patty Arquette is going to win two of these. She's going to double win. win. And she's going to go up there. She's going to talk about her causes. Uh, And I am going to be screaming. Holy shit. Patty's going to double win. Do you remember at the SAG Awards? People are lit on the act. Do you remember at the SAG Awards? And she was like, thank you, Robert Mueller. Mm -hmm. I love Patricia Arquette. Uh, She's going to win twice. We'll get double the speeches. Did you guys know that... When um, the fuck are the Emmys? Did you, did y'all know that Lifetime is also doing its version of the act, but it's Marsha Gay Harden and the Patricia Arquette <laughs> poisoning her daughter role? <laughs> oh, Fifty Shades of Wishes. This is the new Capote and Infamous battle <laughs> wow. of 2019. You know, every year has the thing where it's yeah, the two things two doing this. competing things. Mm-hmm. This anyway. year it's the mommy who two poisons com- her competers. daughter. Little computers. Little, Little computers. computers. <laughs> I love the ending Look of the imitation game. Look at that going down the curtain. Oh. Look at them. <laughs> the imitation game. Today them? we call them <laughs> Little Computers. Oh. oh, Linda. Linda loves the bugs. I need to get someone in here to spray, but. Yeah, we're. Linda, oh, but Linda she will loves... eat them. All right. Hey, Squeal. Joanna Hogg's latest most picture is titled The Souvenir. We're not doing a bit. We did see the film. Love the film. <laughs> No, we we all saw the film. We, we also all watched saw the film. 
two of her her, her other films, Archipelago, starring Tom Hiddleston, and she broke him, right? <gasps> yes, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Un and un unrelated. Also no, starring, I mean, like she broke him in half filming these movies, and uh, she broke him as a. Star. Also starring Tom Hiddleston in his debut feature film is role. It? Yeah, he is so good in Unreleased. He is. He's is good in about. both films. He's very good, and though. he's very good in the film, the third of her films that I watched, Exhibition. Oh, he's in that too. Which I will monologue about. Is he one of the leads? No, he's supporting. He's pretty minor, but he's, he's critical. There. But he's minor. He's there. Right. Um, I will monologue about Exhibition and how it closely. It's actually the most related to the souvenir of oh. her of her films oh. because it's about um, a breakup and it's very much about spatial relation in a enclosed mm-hmm. space. Um, all her films are sort of about that, but this yeah. is the most like insular. Is like it, the is, souvenir what is, is what is the uh, <clears throat> like what is the ratio in exhibition? Because in the souvenir, it is it is not widescreen. Like, and it's not quite the academy that's, ratio, but it's a little more clenched. That's exhibitions like the other ones. Oh, it's so not, sou- souvenir so it's is the right? only one that's really filmed the way it is. Yeah, tighter ratio and what is sixteen? Right, some of it's on sixteen. Some of I can't imagine 16. all of it's on sixteen. Is it? I thought it was digital with. Like a really good filter. I thought that there was film in it, but yes. the main narrative I think, was digital. I think it's digital with like a filmic. Uh, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I, I I think some it's it's her most distinct and different I heard, looking. I heard Martin Scorsese pressured her into making it in 3D, mm. and having Tilda Swinton wow. play the daughter through uh, revolutionary digital uh, Only, appliances, like, like youngifying her. Yes. Like in um, the Irishman, like Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel. Mm. So you know the, the film she's making, where all we really see in the film is like the landscape. No, the girl like doing fashion. Oh yeah, that was Tilda in real life. In when when Joan oh. Hogg was in film school, right? Her really? her senior thesis or mm-hmm. whatever. Her her film school. Film. They're good friends from way back. Yeah, way wow. the fuck back. Tilda is her subject. Tilda yeah. is so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Tilda's my favorite part of this movie. When Tilda Tilda at dinner being like, it's good to have two sides. <laughs> when Tilda <laughs> just cries. Ah, uh, that was good. We're talking about. I like spoilers. when she's looking for a place for that lamp. I do too. I like at the end. Spo- so we're spoiling the souvenir. Excuse me. Hello. Pause the podcast. Hello. Go to your local art house theater. And please see the souvenir. Okay, so I like the All right, mo- so you've seen the souvenir. I like Welcome the, back. I like the moment at the end because there's this whole thing about this, you know, like buttoned up, like upper crust, like British gentry, like in the 80s, and they have a difficult time revealing their emotions to each other. And when uh, our protagonist junkie boyfriend dies and she gets the phone call, she just walks down the stairs and the only way she knows how to tell her daughter what's happened is the worst. Mm-hmm. Like that's all That's all she's capable of. She, mm-hmm. she cannot say he's dead. She mm-hmm. can't be the one to break the news. So she just says the worst, which is mm. such a fine detail. Mm. So The Souvenir is a film about a young woman named... A film student. A film student named... Julie. Julie. I knew it was Julie. Based off of Joanna Hogg's own experiences growing up as a young filmmaker. Um, Just jo- Joanna Hogg must come from money, right? Mm-hmm. She must. She, does. she, Julie, uh, Julie. 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 I think it's Julie. 
um, strikes up a relationship with a, a young, charismatic, ma- mysterious man. Well, charismatic. Okay, we'll get to that, Ben, because I agree. <laughs> I have so much to say about The that. performance is different. I think, I think he's fantastic. Tom Byrne. That sounds like you just made up a name and couldn't finish <laughs> your made-up last name. Tom Byrne. Isn't that his name? Do you Tom, want to pull up? Uh, it's Tom Burke. Tom Burke. Guys, I've got it up. I literally could just pull it up. It's Tom Burke. Okay, Tom Burke plays... Don't put your stock on Tom Burke. Or don't put your... Anthony, Mm -hmm. a charismatic man who she strikes up a tumultuous relationship with. Um, And it just goes over the course of... It's a tone poem. It's a memory... You know, collection. It's, collect- the, the it's a it's a memory like memory collage of Joanna Hogg basically burying her heart, her soul, her brain, her memory to viewers. Um, Through re- an avenue. I mean, whether whether or not it's wholly. I don't. I mean, I haven't really read much about this movie. So has she been explicit that it's autobiography? I mean, it's autobiographical to the point of they recreated her apartment from that time. is that right mm-hmm. okay got it That's so it's the exact it's, it's, view she had i just want to make i just want to make sure i just want to make sure before we say a filmmaker is making an autobiographical mm-hmm. movie simply because it's about yeah. someone in all of the art Instagram. she is making is joanna hogg's f- photographs from that got period it. Got it's, it. Got it. it's it's pretty explicitly all the reviews i've skimmed through it's pretty explicitly this is joanna hogg revealing her past burying her soul it's her and that's what i find so beautiful about it is it's her reckoning with her own Mm -hmm. past and we are so lucky to be able to view it to see it i say kudos to her because having only seen unrelated in the first five minutes of archipelago um she still manages to bring this tension to the film where character, where you're sort of wondering why characters are saying and doing the things they're doing, and wondering why they're behaving in the way that they're doing. Like her movies are almost completely devoid of um, uh, ex- uh, exposition. Um, you would think in this type of autobiography, you would you would be very generous, unless you're trying to be like critical of yourself. Like she does. Like this movie is unsentimental. And she manages to make it just as thorny as her movies with characters who she might have affection for, but she has much more distance from. Mm-hmm. She's telling like a deeply, intensely personal film, and she's not going out of her way to couch it in 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 in, in a language of forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. I think the souvenir more than the other two films of hers that I've seen, the scenes that are in the movie are the scene before or after the big moment. You know what I mean? Like yes, she's yes. she's really dancing around like events and incidents, yeah. and like there, those are all happening off screen. And I and I struggled yeah. with I didn't struggle with it like I didn't like it, but in unrelated in this, I'm like, would I call that elliptical? And I don't think that I would because she's not. She, you're right. She's dancing around these major moments, but these mm-hmm. films are still strictly linear. Yeah. Um, like A does go to B. Mm-hmm. A doesn't go to like A goes maybe to C. Yeah, and then you have to. Right. It's not even that. It's more just like I think everything is presented to you in very straightforward manner, but without any explanation or coddling, and therefore there's this tension to it. Mm-hmm. Like why? Like with the with the central relationship and the souvenir. Like what? 
is she doing? Yeah. Like, why is she with this guy? It's it's mm-hmm. it's extremely and how does frustrating he, how does to he watch. needle his way into her life? Like, how is this? Yeah. How exactly is this working? Because it is very straightforward, and the characters are not behaving as if there's a camera in front of them where they have to l- turn and wink and be like, "Well, I'm doing this because very I'm, flea bag." I'm. Do- <laughs> I love when the souvenir turns into flea bag, <laughs> and and baby Tilda turns to the camera and says. It's because I was raised in an environment where I was told not to go after people who it's like, I just, it's very, there's, it's a key moment for me when, um, uh, I'm going to complete a fucking sentence on this podcast if it kills me, but the moment when she and, uh, Tom Burke, whose character name is Anthony, Anthony go to the country to like spend a weekend with her parents and they are, um, like having cocktails before they go to dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of intimated that, Anthony went to the same sort of elite schools that her father did. And so you imagine that in the environment that she's growing up, that she grew up in when she meets this guy and finds out he went to like Eaton or something like that's an automatic, um, it's not so much an attraction, but an expectation that if I'm going to succeed, Mm -hmm. this is just naturally who I'm going to be with. Mm -hmm. So you forgive so much bad behavior and everything because it exists in this, you know, upper echelon rarefied. Yeah you know, he's bourgeois there, thing. Milieu. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, because he's so manipulative, like he, he tricks her into thinking that, I mean, maybe he, I think he does love her, but he, he tricks her into, into allowing him into her life mm-hmm. and probably shows her more direct affection, uh, than, uh, her parents or, or the, 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 the milieu that she's used to. Mm-hmm. Not that, not that this movie is like super warm and fuzzy in their relationship. That's pretty spiky Ugh. too. No, but, you know, you want you wonder like, what am I missing here? What am I not seeing? And you, there must be some grand romantic gesture that he does. You know, right? Like out on the cobblestones of not London, Venice. But Venice. Yeah, we're left yeah. to imply the Venice thing is great. The Venice thing is good. They go on vacation, and we see two scenes of it, and the sex scene, frankly, looks like an assault. The sex scene is one of the better scenes in the movie for me. I forget. It's very Hitchcock. It's very predatory. It's very David Lynch, Twin Peaks, the return finale, when hmm. Laura Dern and Kyle MacLachlan have sex. Oh, oh it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Very creepy. I remember that. Um, anyway, so I think I just said everything I need to say. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> um, I was gonna say something. No, I can't remember. Um, it's gone. I really respect this movie. I okay so I struggled mm-hmm. watching it I had a lot of I don't know about you guys but in my screen I had a lot of people walk out of this movie I it's, saw one it's, couple walk it's, out it's, it's, it's two hours it's a long two hours it it's a like. long two hours and I've seen a lot of reviews say like I just want to live in this movie yeah. I, I want it to go on forever and I'm like no Yeah. I, I felt absolutely tortured because I'm Baby Tilda, what are you doing? I'm so frustrated, but it's also gorgeous, and it's like her name is Honor Swinton Byrne, by the way. I should mm-hmm. say, yeah, we should say her <laughs> after real I name. called her Baby Tilda, Tilda, Tilda um, as well. Baby Tilda, um, but what really? And I was like, it's got to pay off. It's got to pay off. And the last twenty minutes, so the whole movie, you're getting these inner, not interstitials, but yeah. mom, interstitials of a landscape. Because there's voiceover over them. They do, like, punctuate the movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's three or four of them. And it's her reading excerpts from the script of her movie 
basically. Mm. Um, the movie that she's making in the film is um, about a son who hates her mom. No, hates no, no. his who, mom. Who's obsessed with his mother. Obsessed and, with his but mom. But no, knows that eventually she's going to die, and right. struggles with sort of the the, the foreboding uh, mortality. And how that's right. sort of a, a metaphor for the dying shipping town that they live in in yeah. England. Oh, right. Yeah, and she's obsessed Which with... Which she finds to be interesting. Yeah. How about that does. scene in the beginning where she's like, I just think it's dark, I think it's rich, I think it's layered, I think it's right. complicated. Um, so at the end of the movie, I'm just going to say the last scene. I already said that the guy dies, so... <laughs> so he fucking sure. dies. And then she's in another... You know, she's in this big hangar doing another, like, fashion shoot for the film. And then uh, the hangar door, in a separate shot, she's not in the shot yet, the hangar door starts to... This enormous... Enormous. Door, it like, fills the frame. Total darkness while the doors are closed. It begins to crack open, and you're like, it's going to be the landscape. And it fully opens, and it's the landscape. And then she enters frame, walks into the landscape to exit... And you said in your in your log, Daniel, it's so cathartic. It is the most. It is such a breath. It is the, of release. It is I mean that the opening of a life, <laughs> like the, it, it the, literally, the, literally. The hangar is the crucible that she's been in for the past two years. She has moved past it. She will never leave it. It will always inform her. It is the it is the chrysalis, and now the doors are open and she is out and she has this vast landscape in front of her. As an adult. And but that... She, this, this movie is a coming-of-age story. It's ten other things, too. But I find that... And I'm going to let you talk. But that moment is intensely moving to me. And I, the, my whole drive home, I was thinking about it. For that reason. That, the, the release of it. Yep. The movie, I struggled, I struggled, I struggled. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. When she's witnessing him going through withdrawals, when Tilda Swinton is sitting there at the dinner, and there's the shat, the crack in the so mirror... And the whole thing is so excruciatingly painful that you're like, what the fuck? Something's got to, literally, Nancy Myers, something's got to give. And give it does. And it does. And that that ending is wow. what reframed the entire movie for me. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is, this is great. Mm-hmm. But I struggled. I struggled the whole time watching it. For two, you know, an hour and 40 minutes, I was like. It's an hour and 59 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so those last 20, I was like. Great. But those first hour 40, I was like, <sighs> I, well, I'm, but I'm curious to hear about your journey with this movie. Yes. Let's hear it. Um, not putting you on the spot. Just curious. no, I just, I, cause you just didn't get the same release I, I, that we got from the ending. It's like intellectually. I get it. Yeah. But you didn't I, feel I, it. I felt zero emotions during this entire movie. Mm. And even mm. that ending. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh yeah, I get she's free. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, that, yeah, and, that's and, and there were a lot of things where I'm like, ah, good shot. Like, I love yeah. this. This yeah. is this is very much something I like. He's in the kitchen and she's in the living room and we're in one shot. Yeah. This is very much me. Very fatal attraction. And I just, I Didn't have no feel. emotions. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's fair. It's. A, I mean, if we're going to go. Like, I wouldn't, I don't know what I would want to change in this yeah. movie. Other it's than. Kind of, it's kind of a diamond. If I was going to change anything, it would be the actors, both of them. Mm. Well, yeah, you said you don't think they'd be told to I mean, pull it off. I mean, if if I thought she was pulling it off, I would have liked the movie. You know? See, and I get so invested in her. And from the I very like beginning, her. because she is 
not formed because she's flailing because she's pretending to be someone she's not because she doesn't know how to react in a scene mm-hmm. because she has existed in this rarefied bourgeois but not even bourgeois like the upper class bubble and this is this movie is about her having to actually reckon with the world in front of her for the first time so i really respond to that sort of it's it's see i think i might have seen on a log or someone but someone brought up like a blank stare or something mm-hmm. like i don't view it as totally blank i view it as out of her depth and i I, she's overwhelmed. I love the character because of that party scene in the beginning where she's talking. She's talking to him. Do, yes. Do, yes. So, yeah. They meet at the party because he's like the lodger for her friend. Right. I was confused during the first part of the movie because I didn't realize who he was, Tom Burke was. He, was yeah. the, he, he is referencing anything. They're like, oh, yeah, this is my lodger. We don't really see him until they that have that dinner. lunch or whatever. Yeah, we whatever. see like the back of them. But yeah. the scene that instantly endeared me to the character is when she's describing this movie that she wants to make that we just laid out about this like poor boy mm-hmm. and his love for his mother and how he knows she's going to die and how mm-hmm. he struggles with that his whole life. And then of course she does die because it's inevitable. And she's describing this movie that she has in her head, which is ambitious. It's empathetic. It's a life completely different from her own, which I don't bring up to be like, Oh, she's the FDR like mm-hmm. of, of bourgeois British filmmakers. But when she's, she's not doing a very good job of describing it yeah. in terms of a pitch. Like the passion is there, but she's fumbling over her words. She keeps coming back to the idea of that it is interesting, like again and again. And I instantly became endeared to the character because she wants a, she wants a life that is bigger than her own, not because she wants to own it and not because she wants to like be the queen of it in some sort of aristocratic way. But she she so desperately wants to break. The reason she's attracted to the story is because it is so. It actually has stakes and her mm-hmm. own life has none. Right. Um, like real human stakes, life and death. And of course she's alive and she'll die, but she has nothing to worry about, right? But how her ambition outweighs her ability to articulate mm-hmm. and even just capture what it is, I instantly fell in love with the character, even though it's kind of funny because she's not meant to sound super smart in that this moment. This is just the promise that Joanna Hogg's funniest movie, I think. So my audience was cracking up. There are, it's a, I think there are a lot of. It's pretty funny. Good jokes in it. When? Um, it's all behavioral. Yeah, it's just the, the the things people say to each other. It's like, just funny. I don't. I can't remember I any remember. now, but I do remember having quite a giggle sometimes. Some, some, somebody's really? like, "Do you know what, what was funny about Longshot?" Oh, just the things people were saying to each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like just so nondescript in the movie. Just, it's, I mean, but just it, the moments in the movie. It's yeah, just there's and like just like the awkwardness the of their relationship is funny. And yeah. Anthony being like, "Oh, you make me sick." Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. When he's like, "You got so much room on your side of the bed." Yeah, the walls of Jericho. That's, okay, so there's a. I hate to. It's not fair to complain about people who aren't in the room, but there are this this wall of fi- A24 film bros sitting in front of me who you know came to this movie because it's David Ehrlich's like, favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. And anytime there would be a film reference, there was this one guy who'd go, <laughs> just to prove that he got it. Yeah. So when he's like, oh, um, you know, like Clark Gable and Claude Colbert, he's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like Walls of Jericho. Good I get him. that. Good for him. I get that. Good and then there's a in in in, in 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 the film school scene when the professor's like, it's like in Psycho in Hitchcock. He's like, ha! Mm-hmm. It was awful. Go see Midsummer, you rube. Oh, rube. <laughs> Can't wait for A24 to pick up the lighthouse. Uh, they wait. Who's I, gonna pick that up? I Do they it have already, it already has distribution. My ass. Oh. <laughs> wow. You. Your ass is lit up like that lighthouse. 
Wow. <laughs> if you it, hey, if you ever need to find guys, your way to I Bra- keep checking if, the time because I'm like we're if, done, right? If you ever need to find Brandon in the dark. Just look for the uh, look for the light coming. Brandon out. Brandon in the dark. Look for his lit ass Wait, spinning wow. out like a lighthouse. You got a lit ass. Lit ass. <laughs> wow. What's the light? What's that movie with um, the two people who don't matter? Michael Fassbender and uh, um, the light between Tomb Raider. Oceans. I was literally thinking the light about this between Acad- the light between Academy, ass cheeks. Li- yeah, it is a twenty four already. Academy Award winner Alessia. They did pick it up. The lighthouse. No, the light. They made the movie. Oh, the lighthouse always was a twenty-four. <laughs> you know what? Good, right? Because they were like Robert Eggers is you're locked up in our basement. Yeah, join Robert Pattinson who broke out and left bat signals. No everywhere. wonder the movie is so literally dark. His vision has gotten so damaged by being in the a twenty-four <laughs> dungeon. It's all he can. Robert see. Eggers loves or dead. I I believe it. The the do you bro- want, the brother scene in uh, in the witch is literally. Like the centerpiece of Ordet. The the kid being like, mm-hmm. hell yeah. And the way it's shot, it's very Ordet. Ordetian. Let us move on. I'm not done. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, then speak. Well, we clearly want Let's to Let's hear what he has to say. Yeah, Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> clearly, we're moving past this. I mean, there's more to talk about an unrelated on this note, but I really love... We're going to talk about unrelated. Joanna Hogg's uh, approach to sound, mm. particularly... Very Lucrecia Martel. I mean, the, these movies are Lucrecia Martel meets Eric Romare. More yes. like unrelated than anything else. Unrelated is literally La Cienega. Yes, but with a little more love for its characters. Uh, and less scraping. Less scraping. But Except that that fight... Oh, that scene is unbelievable. The argument scene is unbelievable, and Archipelago does it again. So Worse. why don't we say what the scene is? I don't even remember what the scene is in. Should we talk unrelated. about it now? I, w- I swear to God, I will make one more point about the souvenir, but I, we, can, we can talk about this. It's after the lead character, Anna, in mm-hmm. Unrelated, has spilled the beans to her friend V mm-hmm. that they totaled the car. Or, you mm-hmm. know, that they crashed Tom the car. Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston crashed the car. So it's Tom borrowing, Hiddleston's dad. That they're borrowing from their neighbors, and then it just becomes like this routine, like swift kick in the pants for all, all the kids. Mm-hmm. First, you see V and her husband, like, admonish and chastise their kid by being like how dare you like this is ungrateful this is irresponsible you don't you take advantage of us and the kid can't really say anything because like everything they're saying is true like their feelings are hurt Mm -hmm. and then we cut to everybody out by the pool except for tom hiddleston and his father who are in 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 it's a wide shot where everyone's by the pool and then there's the hulking like not monochromatic just like monolith of a summer house or staying in, in Italy, and we just hear the father and Tom Hiddleston just screaming at each other. From, and everyone's lounging except for the lead. They're, but they're not really lounging because they're all listening. Yeah. Uh, and it's brilliant. Uh, but it's actually, it, it's slightly different, but it's the scene that I love in the souvenirs, the first date between uh, Julie and Anthony when they're in this like tea parlor and mm-hmm. he's just being a dick. He's yeah. like, so you want to be a documentary filmmaker then? Mm-hmm. And we're hearing sounds of traffic uh outside but it is too loud to be 
not really diegetic, but like, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote diegetic. Like that's what the hum is from inside the room. Right. Like she made the decision to like make the sounds of like aggressive cars, like mm-hmm. ramming into each other and, and like honking. Just like not, not ramming into each other, but like almost ramming into each other and like honking and then continuing along. I love how she brings that up in that scene as like, it's both foreshadowing and just foregrounding like mm-hmm. the, turbulence of that relationship like it's not hummingbirds it's not a rushing river stream it's the sounds of traffic Mm -hmm. that begins the courtship of the relationship we're going to watch for two hours yeah which is just i you know i i love that like it's i I, I, we'll talk i have more to say about an unrelated but the souvenir is a little less radical in its sound but there are still moments like that that i love and when there's the scene in the film school and in, in that hitchcock scene when they're talking about when you're telling a story you occasionally have to shift tact and you have mm-hmm. to slow down and then all of a sudden you have to cut 50 times in a scene like you have to adapt with your story you can't have a singular aesthetic to get all the way through it and there's something going on in this film whenever the character's talking about film that like contradicts the film you're watching mm-hmm. but that scene does such a good job of laying out how hog is approaching this material Mm -hmm. because sometimes it is sort of radical that like there's traffic over, over a date. Um, and then other times like it's fairly like straightforward dialogue scenes. And then we're in Venice and what should be the grand romantic getaway, um, becomes like three fragments of a scene that are highlight the distance between the characters. And again, like the predatory nature between him and her, and then we're back to a more like languid section of the film. Like it just is constantly shifting pace and yeah. visual tact um, in a way that I think is genius. Like whether or not, like I don't think the souvenir is a perfect film, but I think Joanna Hogg is a genius in the way that she is telling these stories. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm just in awe of her, but I'll say more about unrelated when we get to it, but let's get to unrelated. Okay. Why don't we then? I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too so, so um, much. Catherine Worth, um, she's amazing. She mm-hmm. plays the lead. Um, it's like her only and role. I know. So I looked up her IMDb and it's like she's done nothing since, really. Um, she, I, I, she's incredible. This movie moved me in an unexpected way. Um, I just love. It reminded me of La Cienega. It reminded me of Call Me by Your Name. Oh yeah. Um, just this woman who is in between worlds, right? And we don't know what has happened exactly. She's she's calling this lover who... Do we, we want to set up just to take, take a step <clears throat> back what exactly the premise of the Yeah, is? so it's about this woman who visits her friend and... She's a middle-aged woman. Yeah, middle-aged woman. Um, who visits her friend who's vacationing with her family and, like, another family. And they're, like, best friend. Yeah, her. so there's, like, the... Son. There's, like, the friends that are her age and then all of these friends is sons and daughter one's a daughter and they're nauseatingly wealthy yes um and so our lead played by Catherine worth is you know spending time with her friend dealing with her husband Mm -hmm. or boyfriend husband husband back home who Who was supposed to come they were expecting him to come with her yeah she's ended up on this vacation alone and so she's calling him throughout the movie and it seems contentious and she's striking up a love romantic interest in Tom Hiddleston who plays one of the sons younger. And it's just, she's stuck between who is quite electrifying in this. Film. Absolutely. He is. So charismatic. So she's, she's sort of stuck between these two worlds and we discover that she's like, you know, running away from 
a problem. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just spoil what it is. She has had a miscarriage that has really messed with her. She's very fucked up from it. Um, and that's what she's been running away from by... Which we find it in the last 15 minutes. Maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's an incredible scene. Um, and, the way, just... and the way it ends is just her deciding to face her issues head on instead of running from them. Mm-hmm. And I just find that incredibly moving. Same. The whole thing, I just was so shocked. I, I would just like to start there then about the miscarriage because... When that moment starts, you know, she has fled the house because she has revealed to the adults that the kids, who she's hanging out with, that, that's the thing that's important on this movie. Like, she goes to hang out with her friend from childhood and her friend's husband and their adult friend. Like, the adults are going to go drink Negronis on the lawn and mm-hmm. chat all day and then meet up with the kids at night and they're going to party and play games and then they're going to split off into their camps again. But what happens is instead she gravitates towards the children, Young, essentially, yeah. like the mm-hmm. 19 and 20 year olds. Um, and that's sort of her tribe for the movie. And again, like in that great Joanna Hogg way, like, why is she doing this? What is she attracted to? Is it just lust, like for this young Tom Hiddleston, like Pan and Adonis at the mm-hmm. same time type figure? Is it, uh, is, she, is she trying to hook up with him to get back at her uh, terrible husband? Like, mm-hmm. why is she doing this? And at the end of the film, and anyway, so she, she flees after she's created this huge drama between the two groups. And she goes to a hotel, and her friend ends up coming out to see her, sort of to convince her to come back. And her friend's like, we don't talk anymore. Like, you don't, or like, tell me, clearly something's been going on. Tell me what's going on. Like, are you getting a divorce? What's going on? And in my head, I'm like, don't say miscarriage. Don't say miscarriage. Don't say miscarriage. Like, don't reduce this character down to, like, I wanted to be a mother, and I couldn't be. And it kind of sets you up to think that's what it's going to be mm-hmm. when she's talking about how, like, I, we were trying to get pregnant, I want to get pregnant, and then it turns out I wasn't pregnant, so I had a miscarriage. You expect her to be breaking down because, like, she failed in the one duty that we expect of women, right? Um, of course, that is not what it is. Mm-hmm. It's her, se- her, her, her tragedy is that she will always be on the periphery of life. Yes. That she will no longer belong to a greater unit. Because her friends have kids. Yeah. And, and she, yeah, so when, she's in between. When she said that, that's when I, like, punched me in the fucking She gut. is unrelated. She's unrelated. Literally. She is the titular role. She so I want, I want to, I do want to tie this to, I like Ar- Archipelago. I think ben Archipelago. Archipelago. Love pronunciation. Um, I love the Mr. Turner scenes in the beginning. I think it's her best film that I've seen. Really? Uh-huh. Um, because I watched Unrelated, mm-hmm. and then I watched this, which I think you watched in the same order. Mm-hmm. We have the, in this case, it's, well, it is a husband. Mm-hmm. Phone calls yeah. to an absent, missing person. Uh-huh. A character flirting with yeah it just felt a arc i don't know why i'm shitting on archipelago it's it's a good movie but to me it just felt like a a derivative of unrelated see i think are they siblings you do you think archipelago unrelated is is a warm-up for archipelago got it okay speak on that because i want to i just everything is more finely detailed in Archipelago. I think I care more about all of the characters. The sister is great. The sister is great. I think the family tension is much more finely drawn the way that they're 
what? fighting in like the tea room scenes about like and how even... we have to behave with the housekeeper and you don't have to be so empathetic towards her. This is her job. She doesn't want to talk to you. Tom Hiddleston is trying to like make her see. I don't think it's romance. I think he just feels a sense of white guilt. Sure. I mean, she is white too, but that's but what it's class guilt. Yes. Class guilt. And in Archipelago, there's a similar argument scene uh-huh. where who's listening? Is it Tom Hiddleston listening to the mother and, and the, the daughter, daughter the scre- mother and the scream daughter. at each other yes. upstairs? Uh-huh. So it's a very a lot of scenes are similar. So I, I see that point. It's a warm up too. Yeah. But in my view, it's a derivative. So of. here's my question to Ben. I to both of you, I guess. But when you say finally detailed. <laughs> I'm wondering what exactly you mean by that because what I love so much about Unrelated is the mystery of it. That it's just, you know, eight characters sitting at a table together and something is going unsaid. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the engagement for the viewer, if you're paying attention, is is just questioning why people are doing the things that they're doing. And then eventually you get to that answer. Like what's crazy about these movies is they're so still a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You're just watching people and slowly a truth uh, makes itself apparent, but not... Because it is so, not because it's targeted directly. Yeah. So when you say finally detailed, is that still the approach? It's yes. just a little more specific? Yes. And when we get to the truth, it hits harder, I okay. think. So, what is the truth in Archipelago? What is the truth? Just that they're rich. <laughs> I mean, it's not, there isn't like At a. At the end of every Joanna Hawk yeah. movie, that they were just rich. That, it, there, there isn't like this, there isn't like a miscarriage hanging over Archipelago. Right. But what's like, because Archipelago, I'm just missing like a a through line theme, like mm-hmm. unrelated. I get that. Yeah. Archipelago, I just have, I'm missing something, I guess. Like, wh- what is Tom Hiddleston? What? What's he doing? He's being a rich loaf and he's going off to... To, to help people, people in South Africa. In quotes. Well, I'll tell you, so I watched the first he five minutes He thinks he's helping people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first five minutes, when he when he takes a helicopter mm-hmm. out to the country home and yes. on some yeah. island, yes. and he they, they show him to the house, and they're like, which room do you want? Really, this is your holiday. You can have whichever room you want. He's like, I don't care, mother. Yeah. Like, whatever, whatever's easiest, mother. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a burden, mother. Like, it's sort of an act, right? Yeah. That's what I got from that. It's just very... Like, he is supposed to be the caring one, the feeling one, but in a way the sister is because she's, there's like a... She's real. There's a realness to her, and mm-hmm. the mom... When she sends back the chicken. Oh, that's brutal. You Tell gotta watch this chicken. movie. Well, I'm gonna watch it. I'm very, I mean, I'm... They go to eat, and she sends back a chicken because it's raw in the middle, and then the, she makes the chef come out, and he's like, no, that's how we serve this. Because it's a, it's like it's not chicken. It's, it's like a it's peasant a game. or something. It's some sort of game. A pheasant. Pheasant. It's a, a gamey pheasant. pheasant. It's a human. Is the word you're looking it's for. Uh, I mean, Brandon, her movies are about class divisions, and but they're not eating peasants. The daughter and the mother got the same thing, and, and the mother's and like, mother's it's like, delicious. Yeah, the mother's like, it tastes fine, and the daughter's like, you don't have to say that if it's bad. Like we paid for it, we can tell them, and so and then, she's like, it's. Good. And she just like, like ruins the lunch because it's, it's raw. It's a piece of pheasant. And uh, the chef is like, "This is how this we is serve how we it. this is how it's served with a little pink in the middle." And 
the daughter basically does Olivia Coleman. I did not know that. <laughs> gif. She's literally like, literally. I, I, I would have liked to know that on the menu. Is basically what she you, says. Yeah, she's like, you should have said, you should have said that. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't make this. Scene. And she's like, I'll just have soup now. So <laughs> I'm just gonna have some soup. Watching unrelated, I put this in my letterbox log, but I was like all ready to log that line from The Great Gatsby about how Tom and Daisy just like the like the the wreckage they leave behind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the the mess that the rich people make and how mm-hmm. the damage is always on the poor people. Mm-hmm. Great uh, verbatim quote there. Um, I was so sure that's what Unrelated was going to be about, and then of course it takes a twist, and it's not about that. But from what this—that's more of what Archipelago is yeah, about. From what yeah, you're I'm saying, it sounds more like that. Mm-hmm. Can I talk careless about, people? Mm-hmm. Can I talk about Unrelated? Yes. Or no? Please. Um, uh, I'm oh, sorry, exhibition. exhibition, which I implore you both to. And then watch. we can wrap it up. Yes. <laughs> I'm. I want to talk more, but it's late. It is. You know what? It is late, and um, I do have stuff to do. Tonight. So exhibition is about a. Um, art artist couple they both do their own artwork um i think one's like an architect and one's like a designer or something and they literally work on separate floors of this very interesting apartment slash workspace it's um, fairly labyrinthine right it's very labyrinthine um That's what my boss was they 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 work on separate floors to the point where they are calling each other mm-hmm. so their relationship is very distant it uses distance and space in the way that like souvenir divides the wall between the two characters very similar in that way um and unrelated too from the very beginning yeah the highlighting the distance in this room between people um and this house is so just labyrinthine and um the shots are very interesting and she is sexually frustrated she's not having sex with the husband they're on the verge of a divorce, my letterbox log that I literally said is the house with the divorce in its walls, <laughs> which it is. Um, it's very claustrophobic in the way that the apartment and the souvenir is claustrophobic. Um, and the crux of the whole thing is like they're selling the home because they want to build a family and they want to have a family. And they're like, well, we can't, we can't raise kids in this home. It's, it's an artist complex. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And so they, and they're constantly birthing children. They, their work. they wow. truly are. Um, so the whole it's thing a is a, of a different kind. the whole thing is lamenting the loss of this space that they clearly both love, but they're trying to move on from it to save their relationship. And then at the the fucking I'm just gonna spoil it. Who cares? That's fine. Um, the fucking final shot of the movie is the family, the couple who moves into the space mm-hmm. into the house have two kids and they move right in and the kids are thrilled with it and they love it, blah, oh, blah, 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 blah. No problem. Wow. They're, so they're trying to fix Nothing something to that doesn't need to be fixed. That doesn't need to be fixed. And they the fix is to end their relationship. Mm. I love it's that. Devastating. Like well that. then I see why it's you beautiful. think that's a twin to the souvenir, which is, is such a yeah. portrait of codependency. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. It's it's really good. It's my probably my and well, third favorite. I'm excited. Unrelated souvenir mm-hmm. exhibition. Can we talk about the dynamic in the souvenir before we go? Where she comes home from film school to find that her apartment is sacked. It's positively sacked. It's uh, turned it's over. Turned upside down, mm-hmm. darling. They took everything. Mm-hmm. And Anthony. And then his reveal. Yeah, and of course, by the way, in classic Hoggian fashion, the words 
there was a break in <laughs> are yeah. never uttered. Like you're meant to first you're like, did he get too high and just mm-hmm. like break everything? Or like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And you sort of figure out like they took everything. She's like going through the doors. And then after their Venice vacation, we don't see him tell her, I'm the one who stole everything to go pay for drugs. He's he's a habitual heroin user, heroin user, he's a junkie. We just see like the aftermath of their fight. Mm-hmm. Um I just want to talk about that detail a little bit because I can certainly see why someone watching this movie could just throw their hands up in the air and be like, why is she with him? Like this I movie, mean, I felt that. No, no, no. But like this movie makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like the, no one would ever stay with someone like this. This movie is not making sense and it is demanding its audience to go And the break in the stealing happens after she's told by the friend that he used his heroin. Yes. Yep. Yeah. What I find interesting about that, you know, dark, rich, light, complicated, about that dynamic uh one is that it sort of calls your own condescension into question as a viewer to judge her for staying in the relationship. Of course we can judge him all we want. He's a user. So we have some empathy for him because he's a drug addict, but you know, as a viewer, you are conditioned to think that that is an impossible decision for someone to make. And because the movie plods on and they continue this relationship, I mean, she forgives him and she actually apologizes to him for getting mad at him. Yeah. For, for stealing her shit mm-hmm. to pay for drugs. The constantly like, can I borrow a tenner? Or like, mm-hmm. which he's going to score with. Um, I think it's a really moving portrait of codependency mm-hmm. and manipulation in a relationship. And the fact that it does discombobulate you as a viewer, just like there's a cognitive dissonance there, is such a brilliant way to articulate how like impossible that, that that type of situation may seem on the outside, but on the inside it's very real. Like mm-hmm. that type of like toxic codependency and manipulation that he is working over on her. It feel like that scene is played very bizarrely, like very uncannily. Like it's almost like a joke when she's like, you know what? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Cause no one would yeah. ever say that. Right. And yeah. yet she is saying it. So it force it doesn't, you don't have to exactly make sense of it, but that relationship between a viewer's expectations and this relationship that is seemingly upside down on screen is really fascinating to me. Yeah. That she just, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I find that. I never question what she's doing in this movie. Right. I mean, but I, I I'm not saying that you are, but like, but as a viewer, like mm-hmm. you are sort of conditioned. It's frustrating. Because this movie is in the trappings of a romance in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's a subversive romance or anything because I don't think it ever really lays on the love and affection. Um, it, it wisely snips those bits out. But that, I don't know, that scene is just fascinating to me. It's about like what you bring in, like the relationship between audience or like subject and viewer. Like you bring in your own ideas of how things should be and yet you're presented with the exact opposite on screen. And that distance between the two mm-hmm. is just, a fa- like it's, I, I just think it's fascinating that you had, that she, was, she knows that the viewer is going to push back against this scene. Yep. And she just keeps pushing on with it. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. As a way, I agree. As, as a way to as a way to engage an audience. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fight. It engages in a frustrating way. Although I you know, I, I didn't really want to live inside this movie per se, but no. because I like I said earlier, I'm so invested in her, I don't want the movie to end in that I don't want to leave her. Like I, I, I want to see where she goes. She, I've watched her go through so much. I'm rooting for her. Like I'm, I, I feel like I am, I am her at a certain point in this yeah. movie. Not like in my life, but mm-hmm. just because of sort of the approaches that I was talking about here, where you're sort of forced to understand her. Um, you're, yeah, you're. Her. <laughs> you're forced. No, it seems like you were. But, you're, you're forced to be in, in, in the mindset of staying with this man, and it, and it hurts. It 
physically hurts. I mean, when I was watching, I was like, uh, I, this movie gutted me like a fish. Like, why? But so I'm curious. And by the way, I'm, I thought about this when you were talking about earlier, Ben, about how like you wanted to get out of the movie or you weren't like connecting with it. I'm not saying that you did something wrong. I'm saying that for me, because from the very beginning in that party scene, I got invested to her on that level. Like wanting her to figure herself out, wanting her to open herself up into the world mm-hmm. that I, th- that that's my journey with the character. So that's what I, I wasn't luxuriating in this 16 millimeter world, but I, I was l- actively living inside of the film in that way because I was, I thought Joanna Hogg did such a good job of putting you in the character's head yeah. in, in a typical fashion. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious about part two. We'll have to do a part two episode. Oh, of course. Right. I guess I'll sit through it. God, see you then. I bet you'll see it. I mean, if we're doing it on the podcast. You know, if we weren't doing the podcast, you don't think you I don't know. At some point. I don't point. know. You might see it on eventually. I'm just, I guess I'm curious. Let's talk about a movie we haven't seen. I'm curious how Julie presents herself in part two. I bet it will be. I don't know where. The, it, end, the ending is just such a catharsis. And, and, I know. Yeah. And I actually, I don't so much get freedom from it. Like in, when I posted my log last night, I wrote freedom. And then a minute later, I was like, I don't think she'll ever be free of this. Mm. So I went back and deleted it. Like this will always inform her life, you mm-hmm. know? It's the same path, but now she's open. She's in wide open field. Yeah. Um, but if she were to go back, which of course she can't go back, the, 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 only, the only way she got to this point was through all of that shit. And the way right. that like in all of our lives, we are who we are because of what we've been through. Mm-hmm. And you can never snip it out. And therapy is not about pushing down therapy. It's about embracing like all of the awful things that have happened to you. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'm curious to see how Julie presents in part two. I feel like this was therapy for Joanna Hogg making this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Maybe. Mm. Mm. But no, but, well, but you know what? But Ben's hmm makes me go hmm because there's that moment in the film when Julie is writing her cover letter, essentially to film school, and she's talking about how making this art is therapeutic, like is therapy for her. And Anthony's being a dick. He's like, "Do you think you're the only person who feels that way?" Like, I don't think that she means to say that Anthony is right in mm-hmm. that situation, but I wonder. When you say like it was therapy for her to make, I wonder if that's her same. I'm not saying it's not. I just wonder if that's still how she thinks about filmmaking because I'm sure that's yeah. how she felt. If, if it is as autobiographical as, as I've been led to believe. I her. don't think she would have made this movie if she wasn't already had already processed it. That's what I think too. I think you can't make this movie unless you've been through therapy. Already. Yes. And this isn't her processing it. Yeah. This is having processed, having processed turning yeah. it into yes. art. Yes. Right. No, that. But even even recontextualizing your trauma, mm-hmm. I feel like, is a mode of therapy. Even if you've yeah. done the work yeah, 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 and yeah. you've gone through it, still turning it into art is therapy yeah. on its own separate level. Yeah, that's right, true. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because sure, you're fictionalizing it, I'm too. sure in a more unconscious way than one would think, which yes. is what a lot of good therapy is. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, are we done? Uh, yes. Um, Goodbye. Just uh, quickly <laughs> that... Um, Joanna Hogg, good. Uh, the uh, broken mirror must have been uh, a real bitch for uh, Jean Dillman the patch. Oh. Okay, done. Moving on. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it looks like Jean Dillman took her scissors and just like right into the glass. She Elizabeth Moss and us did right into the wow. glass. Right into the ass. Oh. Thank oh, you. Nice. Well, this has been another rip-roaring hog wild episode of <laughs> how are our hogs doing <laughs> <laughs> Ben make your hog noise
No. <laughs> I'm not. Ben's like, ben, I'm in bed. Ben, make your hog noise. I literally wasn't even, I like, I didn't know that we were doing a bit until you said, told me to do something. <laughs> I'm like just staring beyond you. I'm not You're even, middle distance in my head. Mm-hmm. Good, great. We hate each other. This no. has been another great episode of it's Movies just after 10 o'clock. Yes. Oh my God, it's 10 it's, 11. It's mm-hmm. This has been Movies IMO. We are your three fave film bags. Um, we um, are people, humans living in this life. Please. In this great city of Los Angeles. Please um, find us on the iTunes store, rate us five stars, and tell us. A traumatic experience? Do you want to fictionalize into a critically acclaimed film? Wow. That's a great question. That is a great question. That's going to inspire a lot of good art. Mm. Good. Um, Rate us five stars. We are also available on Spotify, motherfucker. You can spot us on Spotify. Wow. Um, Acast, iTunes, your butthole. Brandon. (laughs) Linda's butthole. Brandon. My butthole. I'll allow it. What's happening? Any other buttholes? Brandon? Stitcher. I was Sorry. also not Stitch- listening. I was trying to think of Stitcher. <laughs> I was again no longer listening. I'm just like unable to concentrate. It's- you're you're Margot That's Robbie right. dissociating next I to am. Quentin Tarantino. I am that photo monologue. of Margot Robbie. <laughs> just <laughs> mouth mm-hmm. agape, mm-hmm. drip of drool. Um, next week I'm Sophie Turner vaping in the corner. <laughs> oh my God, Sam! I'm Sophie Turner. <laughs> you are. In the corner. Your sunglasses, Arya Stark, staring. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brandon's got his legs crossed with his short shorts with a water bottle on his head with a goofy grin cocked to the side. He has a water bottle on his head? Easy to miss. He's balancing a water bottle on his head. Gotta wow. look at the photo again. Um, a closer look. Next week, look, we are talking about... Ball, look closer. Next week, we are talking about... Some of you. Anna, some of you are talking about Annapurna's release of Olivia Wilde. Is it Annapurna? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right, it is. Of Olivia Wilde's debut directorial feature starring (laughs) Beanie Feldstein and other talented actress. Oh, she's very talented, Brandon. You don't know her name? No. You don't know her name? What the fuck's her name? You don't know it? No. It's on the tip of my tongue. Is it uh, Bria Venite? I always want to say Mare Winningham with her. (laughs) Caitlin Deaver, Dever. Doesn't Caitlin Deaver have like Mayor Winningham energy? Yes, know. she does. Have I ever seen her in anything? You, yeah, she's. You see short, well, you've seen Short Term 12. You've seen her in Short Term 12. Which I you've, love. You've seen her in Men, Women, and Children. Yep. You've seen her in Last Man Standing. <laughs> She has a she has a pretty rabid fan base. You've seen her in Beautiful Boy for a long time. For a long time, some people she's probably the girlfriend. Yeah, a lot of people. A very vocal group of people have been on the Caitlyn Deaver train for like five years. Like she's popping up. She's great. Yeah, Caitlyn Deaver, Booksmart, and uh, we're also talking about Last Day of School movies. Super bad. Beanie's brother, super bad, and Days and Confused, starring Serenities. Yes. And we are talking about two boy-heavy movies. Uh, we are. You know, we are. Sorry. Balancing it out. Uh, there's your balance, I guess. <laughs> there's your balance. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben MP. You can find me on Twitter at Real.Haynes. I'm Daniel Crook. I'm on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. And any shot in a Joanna Hogg movie where there's a character in the back of the frame walking all the way up to meet another character in the front of the frame over 25 seconds, I think to myself, that is cinema. The winner is Jane Fonda. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.